0: Hello! Welcome to Too Sick and Naked Healing Out Loud, where we vulnerably discuss the ups and downs of healing from illness. Each episode, I interview brave guest whose extensive experience with illness and or wellness, and hopefully we will leave you inspired to worry around as well as highly informed about something new. You guys, this week's episode helped me so Much. I was feeling so fatigued and lethargic before my conversation with Jessica Corey, but after all of the wellness and self-care gems we discussed, I felt so much more inspired. Jessica Corey has had multiple diagnoses, but her real journey began after a very traumatic birth in 2011. Since then, she has been dealing with thyroid fallout, chronic EBV, and interstitial cystitis flare-ups. But with the right tribe of people around her and lots of juicy self-care, ranging from diet and rest, Jessica is able to live... A big, full life today. The weekly challenge this week is to take sacred pauses throughout the day, especially when you're feeling very busy. Learn more halfway through the episode about sacred pauses and in the show notes. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Follow me at twosickandnaked.com for more wellness gems. Join our Healing Out Loud with Jackie Shea Facebook group and follow me on Instagram at jackie for weekly challenge updates and other wellness fun. Woohoo! Let's do it. It. Hello, your host Jackie Shea here, and today I have Jessica Cor- Corey. Jessica Corey calling in from Hello. Virginia. Jessica is a woman learning how to trust her own healing powers, a mom to a beautiful young girl named Meadow, a nature lover, an autoimmune warrior, and has been diagnosed with multiple um, autoimmune diseases and chronic right. illnesses. Hi, Jessica.
1: Hello, that's me.
0: Hi. Uh, thank Hi. you so much for for um, bearing with the technical difficulties we were just having.
1: And, it's all good, man.
0: And uh, getting on the phone. I'm super excited to talk to you. Um, so you have so much experience with different diagnoses from Hashimoto's, uh, thyroiditis to thyroid eye disease to chronic Epstein-Barr virus and interstitial cystitis. Um, will you give us a little background on how all of this kind of started for you?
1: It's crazy to think, like just just kind of reflecting before getting on the phone with you. So it really all started about not, it's crazy, nine years ago. So nine years ago, um, I was living on a ranch in Wyoming And um, I was working as a wilderness guide in Grand Teton National Park. And I was there for six months. And right in the middle of my stay there, I started having these symptoms of um, what I didn't know. I thought it was a UTI, basically. Um, It just, we all know what a UTI feels like. That's what it felt like. But, like, really intense. And so I went to a doctor out there. And they did all sorts of like urine samples to see to find if I had a UTI and nothing came back. And it kind of started my journey of like having a weird symptom um, and a doctor being like, wow, like our tests show nothing. Like what's wrong with you? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so it started with that, Um, this kind of bladder um, inflammation that they later diagnosed as interstitial cystitis. But even to this day, I'm not, you know, 100% sure of that's what I had or that's what I kind of continue to have on and off. And even, you know, today, just a couple of days ago, I had a flare-up and then it went away. Um, so that was kind of the beginning of it all. And interstitial cystitis.
0: And interstitial cystitis is, um, we have actually done another episode on this, but will you just describe a little bit about what it is?
1: Yeah. So basically, or at least my understanding of it is just like irritability of the bladder lining. And, um, and typically like if I wouldn't, uh, drink enough water, if I have like certain, um, acidic foods that never used to bother me in the past at all, um, I would just get this, like, the only way I can describe it is um, just, like, an awareness of my bladder, Mm. (laughs) an awareness of my urethra. I mean, just diving right in. I just knew, like, I just felt these things that you just, every day, you don't think, oh, there's my bladder. Right. You know, it it was just like like a presence, like an irritation there that I had never had before out of nowhere. It was so weird.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So okay. That's how so it that's, started. so that's how it started. And I totally know that, um, most of these listeners are going to relate. Most of my listeners are going to relate to the, I thought I had this and then the test came back negative and then it was like, well, what's wrong with me? <laughs> that's kind of how, yeah. how the journeys start for most of us with these kind of mysterious and chronic illnesses. Um, mm-hmm. So then what happened after that? Did you heal from that or? No. So
1: yeah. So, okay. So it got worse and it got better. And then actually, um, I got pregnant with my daughter in, let's see, 2011. So I think around February of 2011, she was conceived and it was almost this miraculous thing where as soon as I got pregnant with her, like my symptoms just, went away like my bladder stopped being irritated I felt great I had this amazing pregnancy with her I worked out every single day I was feeling so energetic just so beautiful and vibrant and was able to go hiking and biking I was doing Bikram at the time Wow! from yoga as I was you know creating this little human being in my belly um and then my birth with her was incredibly traumatic and um, I had a placental placental abruption which basically means that the placenta just burst inside of your body and oh my God. Um, I had to have yes yeah. so I had to have an emergency c-section um, and I got toxic shock from that like it was just a big storm I got toxic shock I um, was allergic to the medication they were giving me and had no idea. I found that I was allergic to penicillin and my body just went through the ringer with the surgery and the allergy and the, just this body, you know, the placenta was just circulating through my system. And that's what triggered kind of the domino effect of everything else I've been diagnosed with, which was later found to be a thyroid um, autoimmune disorder the fibroid eye disease, came along with that. I recently found out I have a chronic version of Epsom bar virus. So
0: Wow, yeah. and
1: the bladder came roaring back too. It was like, "Hey, I want to join the party. Everything else is falling apart." Jesus <laughs> the and at the, and this is
0: so common, like it, well, it's more common than I wish it was anyway that pregnancy and have and the birth of a child brings on these issues mm. for women, mm-hmm. especially with the thyroid, it seems. um, yeah, and it's like at the same time, as your body's freaking out in all of these ways, you're having to care for this tiny six pound infant. Yeah, <laughs> And feed yeah. them and be their everything. Like I mm-hmm. can bear I could barely do illness without anyone else to take care of. I don't know how you how you do that. Um, but this is so crazy. So can you tell me how you get toxic shock from the C section? Yes. Yeah.
1: So, um, my daughter, she, due to high blood pressure, some babies, um, when they're living in a body, um, that has super high blood pressure towards the end of the pregnancy, they actually poop inside of your body. So it's called meconium. And they, they go to the bathroom inside of the uterus. And, um, when my placenta abrupted and they cut me open, apparently all that, stuff circulated through my system. And I became toxic shocked. Now that's the explanation that I was given. But I mean, I don't know exactly how it happened. But that's how I stored it in my brain. And I, I'm telling you, those five or six days that I was in the hospital with her was pure hell. Like, I just remember being so sick pretty much disabled because I just had surgery and I I was, I felt like I was dying basically. I felt like I had just been given the best gift ever, this little human being and that somehow I was this tragic story (laughs) like and then I was just going to die, you know? And, um, were was, you
0: were you yeah. actually were you afraid of dying? Did you feel like you oh, might?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Like a huge I had never really had a fear of death, you know. I had, you know, had sadness around it and, and grieved other people who have passed away. Um, but when it really sinks in, when you feel and I'm sure you really you can relate, like when you feel like a prisoner in your body and like it's just fallen apart. And I really felt like I was going to die. And then this fear, as soon as I kind of admitted to myself that, yeah, I could, I could die right now, you know, um, this like crazy anxiety fear, which doesn't help things, just rushed in, but I was powerless over it. And I wanted so badly to care for this little baby and I couldn't, like I just couldn't. Um, I held her, I breathed better, but like the nurses and the, and my husband, Tim, and my parents, they had to really care for her, you know, those initial days. That sounds so hard.
0: It It, was. It sounds so hard. So when they, so when they released you to Mm -hmm. go home, were you even feeling better?
1: Um, I was happy to get out of the hospital. I was. Um, like I'm someone that needs to be outside and like have fresh air and like feel sunshine. Like no matter how I'm feeling, I need to just, even if it's just sitting in a chair outside, I need, I need that. And being just kind of in the hospital was not, it wasn't helping me. And, and all the nurses and doctors kind of looked perplexed, which was frightening to me too. They didn't quite know how that had happened, why my body was responding this way. All of a sudden, you know, this allergy and all this stuff. And, um, you know, I, I left out that I basically shook. Like when your hormones are leaving your body after you have a baby, your body has a tendency to shake a little bit. And that's one way that it releases those hormones. But for me, it was just really drastic. And I shook for about five days straight and I couldn't sleep. And I left the hospital five pounds, underweight to my pre-pregnancy weight so what? I dropped like 40 pounds in five days Yeah, and never once did they say you know what your thyroid might be an issue here they were just like oh that's interesting okay bye have fun with your have fun with your new child mm-hmm. I feel like they just wanted to get me out because they're like oh this is like a lawsuit waiting to happen <sighs>
0: Oh, my god! i stay I had a yeah. hospital stay in two thousand and seven that was totally mysterious, right? Like we mm-hmm. I was there for like five days. We couldn't really figure out what was going on um and and two, today, I look back on that with everything I now know about my body, and I'm like, you didn't think in this wonderful hospital in New York to like check those levels like you didn't think oh maybe she has an immune disorder based on her history and her blah 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 like you didn't think that the epstein-barr virus and the perovirus and the white blood cell issue i was having weren't all like associated with what could be happening to my immune
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely
0: it's so confusing to me so how did you end up finding help
1: so um Yeah, that is, it's actually really, it's a really dark place. And I think that a lot of people that, you know, have an autoimmune disorder or immune deficiency or some of these things that, um, people don't talk about a lot. Although now people are talking about it a lot more because I feel like everyone has something now, but, um, it's those initial moments where you realize that doctors, these people that you thought have the solution always or at least that's how i I perceived the doctors that they were kind of almost like gods in a way and they could they could help anything you know we're not always that educated um about uh, there's a lot of mysterious things about these autoimmune disorders and these things that pop up so it really you have to become and i had to become just kind of an advocate for my own health, and I had to do my own research, and I had to find people and talk to people and find doctors that were willing to kind of look a little bit outside of the box, which I think was one of the most challenging things um, in my journey to healing was just finding people that A, knew what was going on, and B, had other avenues to help me other than just trying to give me a pill.
0: 100 percent and it's during that time the period you're talking about where you don't have answers you know you feel like garbage and are definitely not well and you're seeking answers that period of time can be the hardest for for a lot of people i know it was really hard for me um on multiple occasions but how cuz that it sounds like it took you a while to kind of get an it answer did. so during that time how did you stay you know how did you stay centered at all if you did at all um how did you how did you quell the anxiety cuz i know anxiety is mm. really big during that time
1: yeah um first of all like i just feel really blessed to have a family that a family that wasn't like, oh, you have postpartum depression. Oh God, and that's right. what you're suffering. You know, because that's like initially what all the doctors were like. Oh, you're just depressed, and I, I would agree. I, I'd say yes. I'm a hundred percent depressed, but I don't think that the root cause of that depression is is of, you know, a chemical imbalance in my brain. I think it's the result of feeling completely isolated and fearful that my body is turning against me and I have no answers and I have no solution, you know? So like anyone would feel whether you had a baby or not a little bit sad on my, like a little bit lost and a little bit, you know, disconnected from things. And, um, I just think that I was blessed and and for the people, the people, people, people out in this spot right now, it's like, find your people, find the people that you feel comfortable being honest with the ones that will be there in the, in the times that even if it's one or two, I mean, I consider you blessed if you got one or two people that you can be and in, kept incredibly raw and vulnerable with and speak your truth and say what's going on in your body. And just to have company during that time, I think is, I mean, that was a life changer for me. You know, it's just
0: to know I wasn't alone. I I just want to say, especially with uh, being a new mom, like new moms always talk about the isolation and the loneliness that comes with being a new mom. So you're dealing, Mm -hmm. you're dealing with multiple layers of isolation. It's like you are a new mom and you're double exhausted. And, and there's so much isolation and loneliness that comes with chronic illness and not knowing what's happening in your body and not feeling well. So I'm curious to know, you know, who the, who the top three people or a few people that really, really saved your ass on this journey and why?
1: Yes. So my family, my husband, who, um, you know, I think initially was a little bit shocked. He was in shock. Um, but then he started to realize like, well, this is, this is a real thing. This is a lasting thing. Um, you know, I need to kind of step up here. And once he realized that, I think he did a good job at stepping up, um, and helping take care of meadow. And then, you know, my parents, they were incredibly helpful. And then I found, um, the mother of one of my good friends, um, her name is Marsha She was the first person that I talked to that had been diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is the autoimmune disorder where your body thinks your thyroid is uh, is an invader and just starts attacking healthy tissue. And she said to me on the phone, she said, "You feel like you're just gonna die, right?" And and it wasn't it didn't make me scared. It made me feel like not crazy. Mm. You know, I'm like, yeah. I feel like I'm going to die. Like finally someone who can kind of put into words how I feel. And that's where I think the healing began. And she said, you know, you got to find a doctor. you got to find someone. And then I ended up going to Hopkins and I, I, um, not, I'm not going to mention, well, all of the doctors, there are great. Uh, Dr. Wilmot, he is, um, the one that found my, um, Autoimmune disorder eventually like really diagnosed it with a blood test and found all the antibodies. And he was like, not the nicest person I've ever met. Um, that's the kindest way that I can put it, but he knew his stuff. And, um, so he, he told me about, you know, the autoimmune disorder. And then I started, you know, on thyroid medication. Which did not help initially until I found um, a naturopath. And this is all for me, just like looking on the internet, girl, and just talking to people and getting suggestions and Mm -hmm. taking some and leaving others. And, you know, um, and then I found a naturopath who was like, hey, let's try this medicine and let's change this kind of diet stuff. Diet was big for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Huge. Yeah, I just want to say quickly on what you were saying about your friend, Marsha, that when I had gotten very sick, you reached out to me. And Mm. we know each other, but we were never very close. But you reached out to me. But I've always really, like, loved you from a distance. (laughs) She's so cool. (laughs) But you reached out to me and you were like, I get it. I get what's going on. And I called Mm. you and it was so – anyone who ever did that for me, I try to do that for people a lot now, obviously, as so much of my life is based around that kind of work. But like I – it hel- it makes an immense difference to just talk to people who get it around anything that's happening in your life right yep. like you just mm-hmm. you're a new mom you want to talk to new moms <laughs> you got Hashimoto's mm-hmm. you want to talk to someone with Hashimoto's like yep. or you're sick and um, it was so helpful to, to talk to you that day and I'm so grateful for that um, and I really think that if more people can reach out and be honest about mm-hmm. what's going on uh, you know We can all probably heal a little faster. Um, Yeah,
1: and you're not crazy. Like, I feel like people are like, oh, she's cuckoo. You know, she's got all sorts of things going on. We don't know what it's all about. She looks beautiful on the outside. I don't know what she's complaining about. You know, um, just know you're not crazy. There are people out there that can help.
0: One hundred percent. And so the so the diet part, the naturopath Mm. told you to what did she tell you to do to switch up?
1: Yeah. So initially um, I did the elimination diet. um, But right before I did the elimination diet, she had me do this um, blood test. Um, It was a uh, man. I'm telling you, this test saved my butt because it was like a food allergy test, but not just like a generic one that tests like, you know, the common ones like wheat and dairy and eggs. Um, it was like 137 different foods. And which ones are you severely allergic to? Which ones are you, you know, you know, mildly allergic to? Which ones are, have a reaction, but it's not too crazy. And I came back allergic to 37 different foods. Wow. And it's top. Two were gluten, which are what they've linked, you know, to Hashimoto's many times, and vanilla. Oh, what? All. And I was drinking vanilla lattes. So I was drinking vanilla almond milk lattes every single morning. So, I mean, I would have never known that. You
0: wow. Know? Vanilla. Yeah.
1: So I did the elimination diet, and that helped, and I, I discovered, too, that I was Sensitive to even things that didn't really come up in that test, and um, but ultimately, ultimately, what has helped me the most is the autoimmune uh, paleo diet.
0: Right, right, Mm -hmm. and this is not the first time we're talking about the autoimmune paleo diet on this podcast. It comes up a lot, and I think it's such a great diet, and it's mm, it's very similar to the way I eat. I want to talk. You, you have a sugar addiction, right? Oh, and.
1: this has been my biggest challenge, Yeah,
0: Sugar has been your biggest challenge. So I think it's really important. A lot of people, we all, like, people that are ill, I'm sure a lot of people tell you to change your diet. Like, that's a mm-hmm. big one. It's one of the biggest things I talk about because it changed my life, too. Uh, so, but it's hard. People struggle the most, seemingly, with sugar. Also, dairy, cheese. Like, I yes. I, I hear a lot of people struggle with that. Uh, so sugar, yes. So tell me – What, you know, what were you eating before that was so sugary? How did you get rid of it? And how do you manage the cravings today?
1: Um, Yeah, so before I I found out everything that was going on, like, I, I don't know about you, but I never paid attention to what I ate. I took my health for granted. I ate whatever my little heart desired and I loved it. <laughs> I yeah. loved having the freedom with food and to be able to go eat, go out to eat and not have to say to the waiter, like, you know, can you do this? And, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like just an asshole sometimes ordering at restaurants and I want to just disclaim and be like, I actually have a real thing going on <laughs> so please don't think I'm just like a really needy person. Totally, you know, totally. To um. So, I love baked goods. Like I really find comfort and I, I feel it's very hard when your body isn't feeling good. Um, you know, maybe people aren't showing up in your life like you want them to or have, you have high expectations of, of others and they're not meeting them and you're isolated and you're suffering in your body. And to me, like heaven is a, in the form of a cupcake or a donut or a loaf. And I feel so good for about 10 minutes. I'm like, ah, oh, all is right in the world. Everything will be fine. And then about 15 minutes later, my, everything flares up for me. My, get a headache. My eyes start hurting. Mm-hmm. You know, my stomach is upset. Um, I get body pains. I mean, it's, it's, and it's been so hard for me because, um, and I get so mad at myself because I know. I've done these things time and time again where I'm like, that cupcake is going to make me feel real bad. But somehow I feel powerless over it sometimes. Like I just need that comfort for a second. It's really been a meal at a time deal for me. I can't make grand statements. Like I want to say, I'm never eating sugar ever in my life again. Like I'm a very extreme kind of, like black and white person with no gray in between. Um, and so I make these grand statements and then like two weeks later I eat one cupcake and then it's like on like Donkey Kong. Like I can't stop, you know, every meal. I want something sugary. Right. Um, so for me, I just really need to a prep my food. I need to spend four or five hours sometime during the week, just pre-making my food. So that I have food available. So when I find a, like a sugar drop, not a, like a blood sugar drop, or, you know, my daughter is needing something from me and I don't have time to make myself this big, healthy meal, that I have options. That's been huge for me. Um, and then also knowing like the go-to restaurants around town, what one or two restaurants can I call and know that I can order something that's not going to totally destroy me, like a healthy lean meat and a vegetable you know, um, totally. So those are the ways that I've gotten out of that and not making grand statements. Like just taking it one, one meal at a time is really how I have to do it.
0: That's awesome. What about anything? Do you have any tricks like certain fruit curbs the craving Mm. or stevia or honey or something?
1: Yes. Um, like Mm. cantaloupe for me, does it um, cantaloupe is really kind of sweet um, I'll make a smoothie mm. you know I'll make a smoothie with some fruit and then add some you know some collagen some protein in there um, get some omega-3s like throw some flaxseed cinnamon um, and then when you're not eating cupcakes and cookies and muffins daily those smoothies taste really sweet like your palate changes and totally. it can be incredibly satisfying
0: One hundred percent. That's so true. I know if I eat something Mm -hmm. really sweet now, it feels like, you know, a drug, which it is, but it (laughs) it really feels crazy. Um, So that's, that's amazing. I want to take a quick break for our weekly challenge. Welcome to our weekly challenge segment where we arm you with new tools each week to kick some self-care butt. As you explore all of these new options presented weekly, my hope is that you will come to collect a number of quick ways to take care of yourself inside and out. You will essentially have your very own and very handy self-care toolkit. Some of the challenges may not work for you and some will seem perfectly tailored to you. We are building up your defenses, inspiring your mind, body, and spirit toward total wellness. Keep in mind that the goal is always progress, not perfection. The only rule is that you are never allowed to beat yourself up. Keep me posted on your progress. Stay accountable. It helps. Okay, let's hit this week's challenge. Okay, our weekly challenge this week is about taking a sacred pause which I love because you just talked about eating one meal at a time, and that feels very mm-hmm. slow and steady to me. Will you talk to us a little bit about the sacred pause?
1: Yeah, so the sacred pause is, is a practice that I learned um, from this book called Radical Acceptance, which I know is pretty popular by Tara Brock. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. But um, basically, it's it's just uh, taking a moment, especially when you're feeling busy and swept by life, so for me, um, cleaning like my house, because it's always dirty, because I have a six-year-old just tornadoing around, anytime that I'm cleaning or I'm rushing from my home to some other place, even when I'm driving, what I'll do is just think about the soles of my feet, take a deep breath, and just pause. Pause my mind, pause my thoughts. You know, if I'm at home, I take a seat down and I give myself five minutes to just breathe and not do anything. Um, and then I can check in with myself and say, how is your energy level? Am I pushing myself? Because pushing myself is no good. I can drain my adrenals. I end up suffering for days if I do too much. So just checking in with my body and then I can start Again, you know, whatever I'm doing, and usually when I re-enter whatever activity I was doing, I feel so much more relaxed, yes. so much more present and aware of my body. Yes.
0: How many times a day on a good day do you end up taking the sacred pause?
1: Uh, on a good day, probably three. That's great. Three sacred pause. There, mm-hmm.
0: There's this Teek Not Han book um, called Peace is Every Step or Peace in Every Step. Mm-hmm. Do you know it? No, I don't. So he talks about this very similar – I love Tara Brock, but he talks about this very similar thing where there are all these moments during the day where we can take this pause, this this meditative Mm. pause, and he talks about like every time your phone rings, that's like a meditation bell. Pause. Like every time your car makes a noise, like you go to get out of your car and the beep happens, you know? That's your your meditation bell. Pause. Like every time you wait for an elevator. He has all of these very Western examples of how to incorporate this into your life. And it's so, so important. I just burnt my adrenal glands out over the last month in a very big way. And I'm totally paying for it. Um, So I really love this. And it's like you're saying it, you know, even when you're driving, turn the radio off you know feel your body when you stop at a red light i think he talks about red lights in the book too you know you're at a red light like feel your body take a breath uh it's so 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 good so i really really love this this weekly challenge to take as many sacred pauses as we can and i should get that book too and read it
1: oh you would love it yeah so So many good meditations in there too um guided meditation oh great.
0: awesome awesome I mm-hmm. I listen to her on insight timer do you use
1: that oh I love that app so much I love being connected with people around the world because it shows how many people are meditating right around the world love that
0: and you're really something you're really passionate about is you know stepping out of the isolation of uh, that mm-hmm. illness can can um can induce so what do you so what are some of the other ways you're doing that these days? I mean, it sounds like just using the insight timer is helpful for you in that.
1: I think that um, one of the gifts that we get from from kind of reaching this speed bumper like in our life um, is that we really have to focus on what things, you know, what foods I put in my body, what activities I can do that really feed the soul it makes us get really attentive to just like our body and how that how it reacts to different things so for me personally um I love getting outdoors um I love this term that I came across on the internet a couple months back called forest bathing have you heard of this before it's just like walking in the woods but I love it because it's like taking a bath
0: Yeah. It sounds like exactly my, my cup of tea. Um, Uh,
1: yeah. (laughs) I love that. So doing stuff like that, forest bathing, going out, just like walking with the trees. Um, gardening is something that I've picked up. Um, you know, anything that just makes you feel, um, just kind of like warm in your heart and just connected to something bigger than you. And, uh, It just seems anytime I kind of tune into that activity, my nervous system, which kind of seems to be rev, most of the time takes a deep breath. And oh, my body just feels so much better when I do stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, being in nature makes a huge difference for me. And it's so funny you brought up gardening. Only this year recently have I gotten really into plants. Like Mm -hmm. I want to like – feel soil and plant things and grow things and it feels very meditative to me that kind of that kind of activity Mm -hmm. and calms the nervous system Mm -hmm. down I think you're exactly right like we need to find and this is what I tell all of my clients and this is what I tell people find activities that like make what you just said make you feel warm in the heart that make you Mm -hmm. feel good do what feels Mm -hmm. good Um, and it's Mm -hmm. amazing how hard it is for people to come up with those things. (laughs)
1: Yes, because we haven't paid it. We haven't needed to pay attention to that in the past. Right. right?
0: We're just running around doing a bunch of things that actually don't feel good. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> I know. We're so unconscious. We're like little zombies driving around in the world. But it's that's the beauty of this illness, and I'm sure you found this too, and um, you know all the people out there that have similar experiences. But this this illness um, or whatever. I don't even like calling it an illness. Chris Carr, um, you know, who's pretty popular. She wrote crazy, sexy diet. Like she called her, her form of cancer freckles. And I love that because it kind of takes the negative connotation out of it. So like my freckles, my little things that I deal with on a daily basis that disturb my body, um, they have propelled and. And been transcended into a way of life that I never would have even considered. It's been a huge gift where I just get to pay attention to things a lot more deeply. Um, you know, what makes me feel good? You know, that's, right. that's a huge question. I would have never asked myself. I know. know? I love Chris
0: Carr. I love Chris Carr. Um, And I love that. And I'm just feeling, I'm like feeling, I was so tired this morning because I really didn't sleep well last night. And even just having this conversation, like my body wakes up, you know, I wake Mm -hmm, up, I mm -hmm. get excited. I'm totally pumped about all the things I've learned on my own journey. And that's, this is part of why it's so important to to talk to other people. And it's a big reason why I do this podcast. Like I just want people to not feel alone. But um so thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. It really like it gave me some energy just now. Uh what oh, you're welcome. What are So let's get back to just quickly the the healing the the medical mm-hmm. healing aspect because it sounds like you're doing so much better today. Right? I am. You are. I am and
1: I have to remind myself that cuz sometimes I don't feel 100% and that's okay and I can fall back sometimes into that thinking of like, it's, it's never going to go away. I'm always going to feel like this. Um, but it's so important to reflect and just kind of see where I've come from. And the truth is, is that, um, you know, through diet, through, through rest, through drinking water, as basic as that is, through just connecting with others and forming a tribe, basically, um, I have been able to kind of get back into the swing of things where I have more energy um, definitely than I had six years ago. Um, I just feel like my, uh, my mental state is a lot more uplifted, a lot more positive. Um, and my symptoms are, they still hang out. They still want to come party every now and then, but, They're definitely few and far between, and I feel like I'm on the right path, and that's really all that matters is that I'm moving forward, not back, and it's only going to get better, and the best is yet to come. I really feel that way.
0: 100%. I love that, and you are still a little bit on the search for maybe something deeper that's going on, right?
1: Yes. Uh, just talking to you, um, listening to your podcast, just really having conversations with you and others in this area. I think like there might be some Lyme or maybe some other thing. So I'm kind of in a discovery stage as well. Um, I've been recently tested the Western Blot test, which came back negative for Lyme disease. Uh, but the, the nurse practitioner that I'm working with right now is really awesome and, and we're definitely trying to look at other av- avenues to make sure that's something that I don't have. But what's
0: amazing is that you can still think, oh, there might be something else going on, but you're not filled with the same anxiety you were when you really didn't have answers because you're fe- Because when we start to treat ourselves holistically, we are without mm. a doubt treating whatever infection is happening in your yeah. body. So like yeah. even if you've had Lyme all of this time, you've been mm-hmm. treating it. <laughs> yeah. By doing Absolutely. by eating a certain way and take and living like you just said, joy, grounded, meditating, having a community, mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So that that's something that really lights my heart. It's like you don't even need to. I mean, you will get to the bottom if there is a bottom to get to, but you don't. Yeah, you yeah. don't even need to because you're already doing the work and you're already seeing the benefits from the work.
1: Yes, yeah, that's so something I needed to hear too. It's so true. You know, diagnoses are so important, like to to know what exactly you're battling, but at the same. time. You know, the same point is that there's root causes for everything and most of them are very much the same. You know, so if you can treat those root causes and just find some balance in your body, then whatever you got going on can either auto correct itself or can place your body in where you can heal, you know, better. Their bodies are magical. They're crazy magical.
0: Yes, that was such a turning point for me when I was like, oh, my body wants to heal and it can, mm. you know, yeah. Um, that is so, yes, that the root causes really are all very similar. And so mm-hmm. when we get down and start treating them, that's so good. But I want to know, yeah. too, on a more logistical uh, plane, what – kind of three conventional medicine things you did were that did help you? Conventional medicine, not three. Sorry. Why don't you tell me one conventional medicine thing you did that really helped okay. you?
1: <laughs> um, so uh, for me, getting on that thyroid medication was really important. It was and a hard one? decision to make. Um, I tried a whole bunch. I tried Synthroid. I tried um, Armour thyroid and I eventually settled with a synthetic version of, of a thyroid hormone so it's, it's t3 and t4 but from a compounding center which is right down the street from me which is so awesome and they they test my blood levels every three months or so and then they can um they can cater that compounded thyroid medica- medication for my body exactly
0: Oh wow! Does it have a name or mm-hmm.
1: no? No, it's just um, it's just it's just synthetic T three and T four. Oh, cool. Is what they call it. Yeah.
0: Oh wow! Okay, awesome. And then from um holistic medicine, mm-hmm. from the naturopath or yes. whatever, what are what are the three top things you would say?
1: Um, definitely figuring out if you have food allergies, eliminating them from your diet, a hundred percent can help big time. Um, cryotherapy is something that has really, really helped me. Um, I haven't done it consistently because it's incredibly expensive. Um, but every now and then I'll pop into a cryotherapy machine. Um, and that can help reduce the inflammation in my body. And then it it sounds ridiculous because it's not anything, um, crazy big, but getting proper rest, like, I love that about holistic practitioners is they're like, okay, what are the basic things that your body needs just generally on a day-to-day basis? And I realized that I was not drinking enough water, getting enough hours of sleep at night, you know. So those things have been incredibly helpful.
0: Totally. Amazing. And then last but not least, how do you balance this motherhood and this Bakeful life where you're teaching yoga and working and doing all these things how do you balance that and motherhood with illness and so Um, I mean and I I mean and (laughs) self-care
1: yes um I just think I don't like I just don't balance it some days (laughs) and I think that I've learned to be okay with it sometimes I come close I guess but I just really try to do what's in front of me and one of the best um one of the best pieces of advice Uh, my daughter's godmother gave me her name is Barb and she had five children and she said you know what honey just move slow just move slow and I think that's really the best advice that I can give is that if I kind of just move slowly through my day typically things get done and I'm not so spun out it's Mm -hmm. when I'm fun out and rushing that no matter what happens, even if it's good, I can't even appreciate it, you know? So just moving slowly, taking things as they come. Oh, it's so good. I
0: set intentions for my days a lot. And one of the intentions I set so often is do one thing at a time. (laughs) Yeah. Because – and it's the same as move slow because my brain works so fast that – I'm doing something, then multitasking, then suddenly before I know it I I'm doing five things at once. <laughs> yep, that is when I get spun out. That is how I burn my adrenals. That is how so I really I love to changing that up to just move slow, just just appreciate it and enjoy. And you and I both wait. You lived in Hawaii, right, or you just visited?
1: No, you lived. There. No, I just I just visited often because it's such a wonderful place.
0: Oh yeah. Okay, so I recently did a post on social media about Hawaii because that is the thing that I loved the most about living there was that moving slow was a way of life. You know, nobody judged you, nobody judged you for it. Nobody, nobody forced you to move quickly. I mean, it was just slow and it being slow made me really take in every moment and be present Mm. for my life. And so the two, I didn't even live there for two years, but they actually feel like the most full years Mm. of my life because I was so present and I really try to incorporate that into the city life that I live. And it's hard, but I, I try because I want to enjoy this. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. You know, and it's I love that um, analogy of nature, how nature moves slowly from season to season, but everything gets done, you know, and I, and I really feel like that's the same thing that we just need to incorporate in our life is mm-hmm. just move slowly. We don't need to rush around and be crazy people. It's all going to get done. So good.
0: Oh, you dropped so many gems. Thank you so much. You want to tell You're people welcome. how they can find you?
1: Sure. Um, so my handle on Instagram is at it, its, I-T-S, Corey, C-O-R-E-Y. Um, and then you can also email me if you want at jcorey42 at gmail.
0: And I'll I'll link to those things. And you also teach yoga, right, in your... I
1: do. I do, and I love it. It's so fun.
0: And where are you teaching, in case people are in Virginia? I,
1: yes. So um, I teach at just a local recreation center. It's called Idly Recreation Center in Leesburg, Virginia. Um, and I teach... Uh, well, my schedule's going to be changing shortly over the summer, but right now I'm teaching on Mondays and Fridays at 1 p.m., Uh, Monday is a yin class and Friday's is a vinyasa flow.
0: So good. Thank you so much, Jess. You're welcome. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Too Sick and Naked podcast, everybody. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Find me at Jackie on Instagram and follow me at TooSickAndNaked.com if you want some more wellness gems. You can also join the Healing Out Loud Facebook group. Find me on there and absolutely join if you are interested in healing out loud with some of your fellows. If you are interested in my coaching services, you can write to me via email and write to me with any other questions, concerns, comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you always. Have an amazing week, my beautiful friends, my Healing Out Loud tribe. Can't wait to give you more wellness gems and tips next week, and I hope you're able to implement what you learned this week. All right. See you next time.